in this fifth session now on Ephesians 4, 25 to 29, we're going to stay with verses 26 and 27. And, and I said we'd probably spend two sessions on those two verses. I think there'll be one more after this one, because I regard the issue of anger, and I think Paul does too, as we'll see in later verses, as one of the most destructive feelings that a Christian can feel. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give place to the devil. So, Father, I pray that you would show us why it is that it's so dangerous to let the sun go down, to go to bed at night, seething with anger, grudges. And what does it mean to give place to the devil? Father, do a miracle as we look at your word so that we are set free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free from sinful anger. And perhaps for some, looking at this, years of bitterness they could be freed from. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I argued last time that this imperative is a soft imperative, meaning not that he's commanding everybody to get angry, but that he's saying more or less, all right, if you find rising in your heart a true occasion for non-sinful anger, yes, go ahead, experience that. And as you experience it, don't sin. What do you mean, Paul, don't sin? I mean, get rid of it as soon as you can, which is a very odd thing to say, isn't it? To say, okay, if it's a non-sinful anger, why would I have to get rid of it? And the answer is, it's deadly. It's, it's deadly. Good things experienced may become deadly things when held on to longer than they should be. So. Anger can be right and good. Cherished anger as grudges and bitterness gone to bed with night after night can become very, very destructive. So what we saw last time was that James said, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow, slow to anger. And now Paul is saying, not only be very slow to feel the impulse of anger and the feeling of anger, but be very quick to get rid of it once you do feel it, even if it is righteous anger. We ought not to live gripped, held by anger. Now, why would that be? Before I answer that, um, I can't help but point not only to James, but to um, Jesus. Remember him on anger? If you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, so here you've done something and he's mad at you and there's a breach in the relationship. 
and now you're about to go to worship. Leave your gift at the altar and go. That's quick, right? That's urgent. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and worship. Give your gift. Come to terms quickly. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Come to terms quickly. Don't let the sun go down on his wrath if you can do something about it. While you come to terms quickly with your accuser, now that's the human who's after you here, but that's a nice name for the devil. Your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison to last say to you, you'll never get out until you've paid the last penny. That's a, that's a picture of hopeless destruction if you cherish grudges and do not lay them down quickly. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Or as Paul says in verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger be taken away from you. And verse 27 is say, quickly, be taken away from you today, not next week or a year from now when it's too late and you've been ruined by bitterness. Now, why is this such a big problem? Because it gives place to the devil. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give place to the devil. And this and here, both in the original and here, connects this clearly with this, more clearly than with this. Giving place to the devil is, in Paul's mind, precisely what we do when we let the sun go down on our anger. And oh, friends, I have seen this ruin people's lives. Night after night, holding a grudge. Night after night, being unwilling to seek reconciliation. Night after night, seething over the way they have been wronged. And a year later, they don't even believe in Jesus anymore. And you don't know whether they were real. This is deadly. This is horrifically deadly because it involves a powerful, supernatural being getting a foothold. Listen to Ephesians 6 now to get a picture of what give place to the devil means. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can, you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So these flaming darts are flying at us regularly. We could even say continually. And we must hold up a shield of faith in the promises of God, faith in the work of Christ, faith in the justice and wrath of God. I'm going to look at that next time. Because if we don't, one of these darts lands on our heart or lands in the church. So don't give place to the devil means 
don't let any of those arrows get through the armor and burn in your heart or burn in the church. Because the devil loves to destroy with anger. Why, why is that? Let me suggest four things. Anger has ill will in it, and the devil loves to hurt people. He loves to treat them ill. Second, anger has ego in it. Anger is, is an offended ego often. And oh, how the devil loves pride. He wants us to care about our ego more than about the unity with fellow believers. Anger, thirdly, separates people. It drives you apart from people, and Satan specializes in disunity. Fourth, anger obscures our perception. You can scarcely see things any other way but your own way when you're seething with resentment and bitterness and anger. And oh, how the devil loves to deceive. And remember, the whole context here is being shaped by put off your old self, back in verse 22 and 24, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through desires of deceit. That's what the devil specializes in. We are shaped by desires of deceit in our old self. And anger is one of the best deceivers of all. Oh my goodness, how we can justify ourselves in the grip of great anger, deceiving ourselves because we can't see things straight. But the alternative is be renewed in the spirit of your mind to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness of the truth. That's what we so desperately need. So, next time we're going to ask, okay, if it's that serious, if going to bed at night with anger in my heart towards fellow believer, which is the context here, principles hold for everyone, I think, going to bed at night with anger, bitterness, resentment in my heart is going to give a place to the devil so that he has a field day in destroying my faith and destroying my capacities to love people and shriveling me up. I've seen this happen, folks. I've seen people who were once tender and kind with a whole range of emotions able to deal with people shrivel up until there's only one emotion left and the rest of their heart is hard and the emotion is anger. This is serious. This destroys churches. It destroys marriages. It destroys friendships. And it destroys people. So next time, what shall we do? How will we be set free? How will we obey? Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down. How shall we obey this if we really feel angry?